situation. Thank you, Barry. Uh, I'm very grateful. Um, I guess most of you would have already heard the story of Sudhartha Gautama. He, he, um, he ended up being, of course, Buddha. He, if you, have, if you do know the story, was, grew up in a palace excluded from everything that was awful. Age, sick, sickness, poverty and death. And of course, if you remember the story, he came out one day after many years and experienced the other side and eventually decided to become a travelling monk and walked for years, six years I think, in absolute poverty, experiencing the suffering. So he had both sides. He had experienced during his childhood the magnificence of wealth and then for years absolute poverty. And then he sat down and meditated under the tree and experienced months of looking for enlightenment. And as the story goes, he found it. And of course, whilst he was meditating underneath that tree, he was noticed. And of course, many other people came to watch him. And there were several monks amongst them watching him and waiting for him to be enlightened. And then, of course, one day, as the story we all know, he, he realised, he, he saw the light. And finally, this story I'm relating is coming from Sadhguru, a, uh, a guru that I watch on their Facebook, who's from India, who's got the most magnificent personality. But he says, so he became Buddha, and Buddha awoke, and all the monks were in front of him waiting for him to say something marvellous. And of course, you've got to remember this guy's been sitting under the tree without eating. And of course, the first thing he says, and all the monks are there waiting for it, let's cook something. I'm hungry. Now, the whole point of that is, of course, is that the monks were listening with high expectation. They wanted something. They were looking for something to draw into them from outside. And they were disappointed. All they heard was the, real, the, real, the, the reality of life. If you don't eat, you get hungry. So that story resonated with me a little bit, the disappointment in the monks' faces. The fact that they were looking for something and from outside for them to give them what they feel, felt was expression. But the answer, of course, because over the next 40-something years, uh, Buddha taught about the fact that the answer doesn't come from outside, it comes from inside. And that's just what he was doing under that tree. So that, it, that got me thinking and that matched exactly what I've been writing about for the last 10 years. And the book's coming out in November, I hope. So the book is called The Answer Is You. And I'm hoping that it will act as a bit of a link between the people out there that don't know that they've got something more within them, the unaware, if you like, and an organisation such as this and all the others 
around the world that are exploring our awareness, as we have done this weekend. The book, if I may, goes through a series of steps to show someone that they actually are in control of their life and their environment and what happens to them and how they react to that. So I've split it down into a structure that I've given of the 10 chapters, seven of those chapters are this process. Let me just go through them quickly. Well, I noticed this one was the one that's working, I think. So, um, the first of the process of manifestation is ideas. And we talked about this next one this morning. Thought. My writing's not too good. But then again, everybody says that, don't they? Reaction. Oops. So they, if you can all see them, are the, the seven steps. Yes, I will. I will. The first one is ideas and the fact that the fact is that we have control or influence over each one of these steps. And I'll go through how quickly. The next one is thought, then words, and we all know that words can be powerful. We heard that this morning too. Of course, the big where the rubber really hits the road is when we take action in this physical reality. That's very important. Reaction, interaction, which is what we're all doing now, and the wisdom that comes from that whole process. And you could almost put that all in a big circle and re keep running it around. So the point is of the book is to show people that are not aware or not self-aware that they actually have control over each of those steps. And so already you should be able to note that I'm talking about, or as Barry was talking about, all of this, and maybe you know, most of it in the higher, lower, and he didn't really go into the astral much, did he? But it was more the higher and lower mental blind minds that he was talking about with us today, and yesterday and the day before. But this book concentrates on this area, the physical and the astral, and the control, that the, the, uh, the impact that those two areas have on us. So it's like an introductory book to the, the, the lessons within theosophy. And I do mention theosophy through it a number of times, and I've passed much of what I've written about T.S., past Pedro Oliveira, and he has said... Um, very wisely as he does. Uh, yes, you. whatever you say is right. <laughs> so hopefully I've reflected the TS thinking uh, accurately. So let me just go through the, the, the seven steps quickly so you've got a, a structural idea. Firstly, how does an idea, how do we influence an idea? Where does an idea come from? You can't actually say i got the idea to go and sit down right now. Where did that come from? And of course, we have understood 
that we reach up into the higher levels and that kind of information or the conclusions are made at the lower levels to start manifestation. But a lot of other people around the world don't have any idea about ideas. So what I've said in my book is about the fact that you've got to get yourself into the right environment inside and outside in order to be able to receive these ideas like education, communication and being within a community. So if you are preparing yourself, ideas will come. So that's the first step. You have control over it. Thought, and we've been discussing, it's easy for me to follow Barry today because thought is, is there and you can't always control your thinking, you can to a degree, but you can select which thoughts you want to pay attention to. So some things will just flip through your mind and, and go, and others you'll say, now that's something I like, or I'm going to take action on that one. So that's the power, the control you have over the thought. So that's the separation. Let me say this. There's choice and there's a decision. Often hard to distinguish. Choice. Animals have choice. You try feeding a fussy cat. They have choice. But they don't decide. We decide. So where's that decision come from? Who makes that decision? Not our thoughts. We decide from above. And it's the higher levels of us that are actually making those decisions. How do we implement? What discipline do we have to make those decisions? That's up to us to practice. That's our influence. The next one is words. And I've quoted Schur in the book, I think. I think I said it was an introductory thing. Anyway, words are weapons sometimes. And that just shows how hurtful they can be to someone who's not in control of themselves. But if you are in control of yourself, you can control which words you use. I used to be in Toastmasters. Everybody heard of Toastmasters? That's a really good organisation for learning to speak in public. And they say in their training books that there's 350 words can be constructed in your head every minute. But your mouth can only get 150 out. So you've got 200 spare to use. You can get rid of some, you can not delete others, you can repeat some, whatever you want. But that's the whole process. You can decide which words you want to use. And if you want more time, take it. Of course, then, as I said, rubbery, rubber hitting the road is where you actually take an action. I do go and sit down on that chair. But that, that's where we actually have control over our physical realm, when we take action. And that it, 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 we, are, it, we are in control and we have influence over what actions we want to take. Reactions. So somebody does say something awful to me and those words do wound me. How do I react? Do I react like I did when I was a 20-year-old and get all offended and, and, and say, that's just not fair? Or do I take a breath, step back and say, do I have to take that on? That's the power we have. Interactions. Just here, today, we're interacting with each other. We've had a marvellous time. Oh, I want to say something here too. When I arrived, it was such a beautiful feeling because it was early yesterday morning and the silence period was happening. And I just got smiles. 
I think Glenn, are you here, Glenn? Glenn said something to me and I said, I needed someone to say something. <laughs> it's silence period. Oh, right, you got it, got it. But, but I got all the smiles. It was really, really good. So I thank you for that welcome. And then you've all been so lovely since. And that, that is a, a character or an atmosphere or an environment or a personality of itself, that group consciousness. And that group consciousness is the, what I explore in interaction. Because as we go higher, at the, bottom, at the bottom point there, it's just what is here now, the physical reality. You go up and up and up and up and you get to uh, right to the top and everything is one. So that group consciousness lies within. So it has a personality. It has a character. It has an effect on all of those in and all of those watching from out. So it's just as important. Interaction is very important. And the last one is what we're doing here to, and, and being part of the TS, whether we're members or not, we're learning, we're applying what we've learnt to our lives and to other people's lives. So the order of the, I'm sorry, the, the, the objective, objective of the book is to try to introduce people that are not self-aware to the degree that we are, and that would probably be what, I'm guessing, 90% of the population, to the possibility that they do have control. They don't have to be offended. They can take an action. They don't have to procrastinate. And I touch upon a number of different sources and authors and the TS to explain that. So hopefully it'll be a great success. And you never know, people might be looking for us one day. Thank you, Barry. Thank you.